It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hi, everybody. Welcome to a new week, new edition of Houston Sports Weekly, our weekly uh, sports podcast here on KPRC2+. Uh, and click to Houston.com. It drops each and every Friday. And it's been a busy Thursday, so we uh, cut this late. Uh, so you'd have it fresh uh, this morning if you're checking it out. Randy McAvoy, Ari Alexander with you. Post-NBA draft, that's going to be the focus of this uh, first segment. Go through what the Rockets did and some good news for the U-Base Cougars. And then we'll uh, carry it into segment two and uh, transition into some Astros talk as well. They get ready for a, a big weekend series to start a road trip in Los Angeles against the Dodgers. But, uh, Ari, let's begin with uh, the NBA draft. Uh, you and I were out there at Post uh, Houston for the uh, fan party yesterday. Great crowd. Shout out to Rockets Nation for showing up. Uh, Victor went number one. We know that. And then it was all about number four, what they're going to do with number four. And uh, Amen Thompson, now a Houston Rocket. Yeah, I think it's all about the value that they got. There was everything coming up to draft week was the choice potentially between Amen Thompson and Cam Whitmore. And you got them both. Cam yep. Whitmore slides in the draft. You get both guys. Uh, I think the Rockets are coming out of the first round looking really, really good. They have all this money in cap space. You can add all these guys. Um, obviously, the uh, all the buzz on James Harden has started to cool, uh, yep. mostly reporting out of Philadelphia that he might be going back there. And there was all sorts of buzz that he'd be coming here. That is cooled now, but mm -hmm. Dylan Brooks... Patrick Beverly, like all these number of guys to fill the roster with veterans on top of you're now adding two more young guys. They're both potentially top five picks and one slipped because of medicals. And you got a guy who everyone was mocking four, five, seven, nine at 20. Absolutely. I mean, that's, uh, I think that's one of the talkers coming out of the draft. And even the national guys were saying they got a steal in this kid. If you're right, you were out there with him uh, this past week. Uh, at his workout, I guess he'd been training here already, so he's fitting right into Houston. He probably already knows the city, and now he'll get to know it a lot better. Yeah, so his director of basketball operations, uh, Joe Branch at WME, former uh, assistant GM with the Timberwolves. He's from here in Houston, Kincaid High School grad. He lives here. It's very easy to keep an eye on his guys if he has them here in Houston. Yep. So Jarris Walker, uh, who went uh, eighth to the Indiana Pacers, Congratulations to the Cougs. We'll touch on that later. Uh, he was here working out. They're part of the same agency. So it was Jarris and Cam all together. So Cam has spent the last five weeks mostly in Houston. Yeah. He is very, very familiar with the city. He works out at the University of Houston. He visited with the Rockets. He was in the building this past Saturday. And uh, so they kind of got a very late look on, on him and uh, got to talk to him. And Adrian Wojnarowski, a lot of the things he was reporting, other than the medical issue, was that he apparently didn't do great in interviews, which I sort of understand, but at the same time, he's very shy. So that's mm -hmm. kind of what I found out. I spent some time with him last Friday. He's a really nice kid. He's, he is shy. He doesn't talk a whole lot. Uh, he's big, physical, imposing, 6'7", 230, all of it. Right. And so I kind of feel like a little bit he's punished for being kind of quiet, <laughs> aside from obviously the medical issue. He broke his leg in uh, his freshman year of high school, and he broke his thumb, which I doubt is a thumb. Like You're like, you know, dropping right. a guy 15 spots for a thumb. Right. Uh, maybe something came up on the leg that they didn't like. But that's like a four-year-old injury. 
Well, so you got uh, Almond Thompson and uh, and Cam Whitmore. Thompson, that's just you and I were talking about it. Uh, we had on the special we had on Thursday from the, the fan party. Gerald Green joined us. He's real high on him, and I mean, obviously the consensus nationally is very high on his athletic ability. But a lot of these players, they have the weaknesses. Typical coming out, especially the young guys, and it's shooting the basketball for him. You kind of need to shoot the ball well in this league. Um, Based on what you've seen and heard, is this something that I mean? There, it's got to be a little bit of patience, I think, with Thompson to develop that shooting game. Yeah, I mean, I I don't necessarily like guys who are non-shooters. I've seen time and time again in the playoffs where those kind of guys sort of are get run out of the game. Uh, one of the best examples I can come up with in 2015, the, the Memphis Grizzlies had a real chance of knocking out the Golden State Warriors. Mm-hmm. They had Tony Allen, who at the time was the best wing defender in the league. And after three games in that second uh, second round series, one of the Warriors coaches developed a strategy of, we're just not going to guard Tony Allen because we know he can't hit a three. And it clogged up the Grizzlies' whole offense. They lost three straight games. Warriors go on to win the title. And the Grizzlies had a real shot of doing the best thing ever in their franchise mm-hmm. was hurt by not have, having a non-shooter on the floor consistently. And so you hope that the Rockets bringing in uh, an assistant coach named Ben Sullivan from the Celtics, who is known as the Celtics shooting coach. He's Ime Adoka's guy. They go back in the day to Portland. He's supposed to be a shooting guru. You hope that you bring Amon Thompson to Ben Sullivan and something gets fixed. But I am worried about non-shooters, but I think a lot of basketball people look at him, see the insane athleticism, the smart passing, uh, the good leadership skills, and think this is a can't-miss guy. Yeah, so when you look at the, you know, We'll hear Monday. They're going to be introduced, by the way, on Monday, both uh, Thompson and uh, Whitmore. Uh, we, and typically, it happens the day after, but scheduling situations, maybe it's tied to Tillman Fertitta wants to be there. Who knows? Uh, anyway, they'll be introduced on Monday, so we'll hear more. And then uh, uh, Rafael Stone, I'm sure, will be asked with the group he has now, can we expect more moves? You know, some uh, moving some players around to get you know free agencies around the corner and fill some slots and strengthen some areas. I mean, I, I think that there are moves happening. Obviously, there's you have to. all this free agency going on. But three names that uh, I would watch are K.J. Martin, Jay Sean Tate, and uh, Kevin Porter Jr. Mm-hmm. Kevin Porter Jr. has a really good relationship with Rafael. They're both Seattle guys. He rides for KPJ like none other. Jay Sean, I've been told, is, quote, unlikely from a league source to be traded. But he is making uh, close to $7 million a year. And if they are indeed trying to get some money off the books, it makes sense. Kevin Porter Jr. makes more. That would give more money off the books. And then K.J. Martin, uh, out of those three, to me, is the guy who is most likely to be traded. And the people I'm talking to around the league are telling me that if it's anyone, it's K.J. Martin. Who does, by the way, still have a standing trade request? Yeah, you're right. You're right. Still standing. Now, we're throwing around the newsroom. People are saying, uh, how about Damian? What would it take to get Damian Lillard down here? A lot, too much. I, I was going to say a lot. You have to give much. up a lot. You yeah. probably want, probably want Jalen. I mean, yeah, and that's the thing is if you believe, like everything's coming it, out, that the Rockets have an untouchable core of Shingun, Jalen, Jabari, Tari, yeah. it would take those guys. And if they don't want to trade those guys, then it's not going to happen. Yeah, we will see. Uh, free agency around the corner. But the draft is behind them. And, uh, hey, I, I, with Whitmore being available, that opened the door for that because we talked on the special, like, is that – is 20 something they might just be willing to trade but hey when Whitmore a guy like Whitmore falls down that far for obvious reason well you said the thumb situation man you still go after that kid and you make the make the pick I mean I I don't know how teams didn't know earlier about I mean 
he, you knew he missed games with thumb injury. Right. I think it's less that and more the broken leg he had in high school. But like you knew he broke his leg in high school. So is it something that showed up on an MRI that they didn't like? And and I'll learn about it more at some point this week. But mm-hmm. um, you you've known about that all this whole time, and and everyone was still talking, you know, that they liked him. And then there was you know Woj reporting that his workouts didn't go well or his interviews didn't go well. And it's like, I mean, I saw him work out. He's pretty physically impressive. I was watching the video, man. Yeah, I, I liked what I saw. Too. I mean, that's the thing. That thumb is, is okay. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Is like you, if you take him at four and he doesn't work out or there's injury issues, then yeah, yeah, that's going to hurt the team. But you already got Amen. And you're taking him at 20. Like, mm-hmm. you know how hard it is to get useful NBA players in the back half of the first round and later? It's hard. So right. you got this guy at 20 who's potentially a top five, top 10 pick. And if if he flames out, 20, whatever. Yeah. You drop 20. Who cares? Exactly. And if he turns out great, I mean, that's huge for the Rockets who are, who are building this team. The guy that it sort of reminds me of is Michael Porter Jr. on the Nuggets. He mm-hmm. went to Mizzou, played two games, had a mm-hmm. microdiscectomy, which is a serious back surgery. It's nothing to mess around with. Had all these back issues. And since then, yeah, he's been hurt a little bit. He missed a year here and there. He has signed a max contract, and he helped them win a championship. So if you're Cam Whitmore, and I know he's disappointed right now, and I've talked to some of his people, and they're disappointed. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, Michael Porter Jr. went 14th because he had back surgery, serious back (laughs) surgery, signed a $150 million max contract, won a championship. It's out there. All right, so uh, coming up second segment, we'll talk U of H and Astros, but – Let's end this first segment with your piece. Uh, you can pitch to it here. With the, You spent some time with Whitmore. Yeah, so last Friday, uh, Cam had a private workout at the University of Houston where he has been all summer. I got into the private workout uh, with his trainer, Aaron Miller, good friend of the program, and uh, able to talk to Cam for a little bit. Nice kid, quiet kid, played the saxophone growing up. He's from Baltimore, went to Villanova, did really well uh, his freshman year. 67230 physically imposing yeah. and so here is our conversation talking about how he fits in the rockets what he brings and a little bit to learn about Cam Whitmore. We are here with uh, NBA draft prospect Cam Whitmore out of Villanova. Cam, it's coming up. What's uh, the lead up been like for you just kind of knowing that you're real close to this? It's definitely overwhelming. Uh, definitely a lot of um, stuff going on, but it's taking it day by day, having a free mind coming into it and just um you know just coming along is uh, a long, a long way through, a long way, long journey, and just getting through it. But I'm um, definitely blessed to be a part of this journey. For the teams or the people that don't necessarily know your game very well, what are you bringing? I would say I'm bringing a versatile type of ability. I can do everything on the fl- on the floor. You ask me to do. Um, you can ask me to defend. I'll do it. Ask me to rebound. I'll do it. And also, I can break my down my defender, get to the basket, and can score in many ways. You've been linked a little bit to the Rockets. So what would that be like? Kind of how you fit into their team and uh, what have your conversations with the Rockets been like? It's really versatility. I mean, I haven't really visited them yet, but uh, starting tomorrow, I'll probably be in the process of them, um, you know, getting to meet, having to establish a great relationship with them. But um, I'll say the fit, everybody's versatile and I can fit in that type of uh, category. So I think it will be a great fit. So I hear you play the saxophone. Yeah, a little bit, something like that. I used to. It, when's, uh, when's the last time you played it? I would say before COVID. Oh, oh wow! So it's been a while. But do you think you still you still got it? A little bit, De- definitely not. But it, you know, it takes practice. So when you were growing up, what was your what was your favorite piece to play? Hot cross buns back in elementary school. Yeah, yeah I would say that's probably the only one I remember. But that was the easiest one. The basic stuff. Yeah, basics. 
So you're out here working with uh, Aaron Miller. Tell me about what you like, uh, what he does, and how he's getting you prepared for what you'll do in the league. I mean, he's all in. He's all about getting better. He's all about making the players better, his clients better. And um, that's what it's all about. I mean, he's. I'm very grateful to work with him, and also he works with a lot of NBA players also who uh, definitely um, has a chance to be, stay in the league also. Are there some guys throughout the league that you grew up watching that you really like and maybe compare yourself to? Miles Bridges, Anthony Edwards, those type of players. Uh, probably the ceiling, maybe, maybe Anthony Edwards and Jason Tatum. Okay, so a lot of, lot of athleticism, yeah, versatility. Yeah, yeah. Um, Athletic wings who are very skilled. What about when you were way younger? Who was your favorite player growing up? I'll say Russell Westbrook is probably the, the main one, main person. Just his aggression, his, um, I mean, his, his drive, the way he attacks the bass, the way he dunks the ball. I'll say that's mainly the main person I was looking up to. What's it like knowing that you're, you're kind of in a part of your journey where all the dreams that you had when you were a kid, yeah. they're starting to come true. Yeah. What's that like knowing like it's, it's just right there? I would say it hasn't hit yet, maybe <laughs> until draft night that night um, or that day. But uh, I would say I'm just taking it day by day and I'm just really excited for the next week. All right, Cam, congratulations. Yes, sir, appreciate it. All right, great uh, interview there with uh, Cam Whitmore, the newest uh, member of the Houston Rockets, uh, 20th overall. And you're right, I mean, he was a quiet guy and almost reluctant to sit down and, and, and talk and do an interview, but you got him to open up a little bit. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's just not a very, you know, loud, exciting type of guy, but he talks about his plays on the court. He's a nice kid, comes from a good family. He went to a nice high school in, in Baltimore area, played for Melo's AAU team. Right. And, uh, you know, if anyone said that he interviewed poorly, it's just because he's quiet. And so it's almost like he's getting punished for being shy. All right, we're going to take a break here on Houston Sports Weekly. Good conversation on the Rockets. A big night on Thursday with uh, Amen Thompson and Cam Whitmore, number four and number 20 overall. When we come back, we'll take a short break. We'll hit on the Cougars' big night and we'll also talk Astros. They open a big series in L.A. against the Dodgers uh, starting tonight at Dodger Stadium. Houston Sports Weekly coming right back. All right, welcome back to Houston Sports Weekly, everybody. Good uh, first segment talking Rockets basketball, and uh, we're going to continue with the NBA draft uh, because it was a nice night for the Rockets, but also a, a nice evening for a couple of U of H Cougars who played for Kelvin Sampson at the University of Houston, just to kind of set the table, uh, Jairus Walker, uh, projected top 10 pick. That's exactly what happened. Uh, taken by Washington, then worked a trade with the Pacers. So he ends up an Indiana Pacer, eighth overall. So he goes top 10. And I can't wait to see Jairus Walker play in the NBA level. Yeah, he's a guy that I think scouts believe is a high floor player where there's just not going to be a whole lot wrong with him. You might not get an absolute superstar, but you know that you are going to get a good player who's going to be in the league for 10-plus years and do his job and play defense and right. score a bit. And uh, it's really big for the Houston program to know that you can recruit a five-star kid who is one and done. He comes in, he buys into the program, he does the defense, he does the rebounding. He plays for a very hard-nosed coach who asks a lot in Kelvin Sampson, and everything went well in that one year. And so you know that you can work with a kid like that, and then he goes top 10 in the draft and will turn into, likely, a good NBA player, and it just reflects very well in that UH program. Yeah, good to see him all happy there in Brooklyn. Kelvin Sampson was actually uh, there in Brooklyn to support him, and uh, although Sasser stayed back in Houston, Sporting both guys, and uh, his reaction when Sasser got picked as well was uh, was outstanding. Let's talk about Sasser now. Uh, Jairus went number eight. 
So we waited through the first round, and we weren't sure where Sasser was going to end up. He was projected kind of late first round, maybe even early in the second round. But, hey, sure enough, he's a first-round pick. Detroit Pistons got a good one in Marcus Sasser on both ends. Yeah, 25th overall. And, again, there are so many guys in this in the NBA who come into the league with a great offensive skill set and maybe aren't ready to play defense at the NBA level, or maybe they play in a system. I'm looking at you uh, – Virginia Xavier in that pack line, which is the opposite of what NBA is doing, pick and roll defense, where you have to basically relearn how to play defense. Kelvin Sampson does a really good job of modeling both his offensive sets, because he was an assistant coach of the Rockets Mm -hmm. at the three ball revolution, and his defensive sets after what NBA teams do. And so Marcus Sasser is day one going to be ready to play defense. Obviously, we know he can knock down the three ball. He has a three level score. I think the Pistons got a guy that Again, not necessarily going to be a star for them, but he is a really good, and the way that the league describes these type of guys now, a connective player that can help lead you to winning. Well, Sampson said it the other day when he spoke with the media, too. He said, you know, neither, you know, he's high hopes, obviously, for Jairus Walker becoming a starter, but definitely on Sasser, he said, he may never start. He may be a, just the perfect guy off the bench that come here and be a spark for you on, yeah. on both ends of the field. Guy that can off bench and shoot. Guy can come off the bench and score. Guy can lock up uh, point guards. He's he's shifty and athletic enough. The only real question is he's six two, but then he also has like a six eight wingspan. I've heard recently. Oh wow! So apparently, like he might be able to guard two or three positions. Nice. So I I mean I wouldn't bet against him. He was excellent. He's a consensus All American for a reason. He's been one of the best college players mm-hmm. uh, for three years. He led Houston to a Final Four. They missed him in the Elite Eight, the broken foot, and then this year it's the the Sweet 16. Uh, He has helped put Houston on the map. He is a culture-changing kind of guy. I think the Pistons got an excellent player, and then we talked to him a little bit in the Zoom uh, set up by his agency, Priority Sports, uh, right after. And and same same old Marcus. He's excited. He admitted a chance, so he cried a little bit. Uh, It was just it's good vibes to, to see him. Listen in right now, some of the Zoom from Marcus Sasser Thursday night. First off, did you in fact cry? We talked about that earlier. Did you did you have the tissues with you? Yeah, I did a little bit. I did a little bit. I was grown. <laughs> For sure. And obviously, man, there's so many um there's so many athletes who strive to get to this moment. When you heard your name called, what did that moment represent for you? Um, just all the hard work, you know, all the long countless hours, and then um just all my family being here, you know, it just shows you how supportive they was, you know, throughout this whole process. Um I feel like every single one of them was just, you know, a big part in everything and kind of was the reason I got here. But um, it was just, you know, a great feeling just to hear your name called because, you know, it's like a dream come true. You know, I dreamed about this when I was a little kid and, you know, the fact that it's really happening and um, just hearing my name called, it was a great feeling. Joseph. Hey, Marcus, congratulations. Appreciate that. Hey, did you were you able to follow what was going on, or did you have an idea? I think you went from Memphis to Boston to Detroit. Can you kind of take us through the craziness of that, and 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 sort of you know when you sort of figured it out? Um, I kind of knew at the beginning about the trade that was going to happen. So um, when I got picked at twenty five, I kind of knew I was um going to Detroit. So um, I I already knew it, but um. They, you know, had to show the trades and stuff later, but I already knew it initially. You've always told us since you've been here about the journey that you've had. At one point, I think you were number 399 in your signing class. Being number 25 in the NBA draft, what does that say about where you've come from to where you are tonight? 
Um, just the man above, and you know, hard work. You know, that just shows you how how hard work can really, you know, improve your game and just staying, staying, staying in the gym all day. Um, being real dedicated. Um, I think that's something I'm gonna continue to do at the next level, also. So, just um, being consistent, just being in the gym 24/7. You know, that kind of just what it shows. All right, so that was Marcus Sasser after uh, not long after the Detroit Pistons took him. Uh, number 25 overall in the uh, first round. So congratulations, Jairus Walker, eighth overall. And Marcus Sasser, number 25. That's a big uh, boot. I mean, not that the U of H Cougar program needs it, but Samson hit on other days. It's always good when you have guys going early in the NBA draft. No, it's a good thing for him to do when he gets in the room is go, hey, you, uh, you're whatever five-star kid he's recruiting. We just got a guy go eighth, whatever three-star kid he's recruiting. We just had we just turned a three star into the twenty fifth overall pick in the draft, right. and so it's a lot of ammunition for Kelvin Sampson uh, in the recruiting rooms right now. All right, so that's a look at the uh, NBA draft, uh, Rockets, and of course the uh, UH Cougars news. Let's transition now over the next few minutes before we wrap it up. Uh, big road trip opening tonight in LA for the Astros, and on the heels of uh, Rob Manfred's comments to Time Magazine, uh, talking about one of the big regrets he's had during his tenure. Uh, the issue with the sign-stealing scandal and the players and not being hard enough and the penalties, and uh, that's just opened up a can of worms again, making national news over the last uh, 48 hours. I mean, I don't think anyone likes Rob Manfred and just his <laughs> stewardship of the game. He's screwing up with with the uh, Oakland situation, taking a, yeah. a beloved team bad, away. Bad. And not really giving them a chance to, you know, or acting like they're not really putting in the work to try to keep that team in Oakland and sending yeah. them to Vegas. Uh, there was the piece of metal comment he had uh, in the wake of the Astros sign stealing scandal that rubbed Trophy. a lot of people the wrong way. And baseball continues from a marketing standpoint to lag behind the NFL and NBA significantly. And it's just something that, that Rob Manfred now they have the, the RSN blow up. And so you got now yeah. like the MLB has to buy back rights and teams are going to get, uh, get hurt in the rights deals. So, yeah, it's it's interesting that that's you know he regretted that, but uh, like tough. I'm sure Rob Manfred regrets a lot of stuff because he's getting constantly crushed. Anything? I mean, I just I saw it when it came out. It's like, huh? Check out the timing right before they go to L.A. Yeah, take on the Dodgers starting tonight. <laughs> there, Dodger fans hate whatever. the Astros, so they'll hear. You know what? But the way the Astros have been playing and they they're coming off a series win. I'm actually okay with that. Sometimes they play better when these guys are getting booed. Good spark. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. it's funny. Like Altuve broke his thumb and then came back, and it feels like because he's been out, there's been no attention on Altuve nationally at all. Because normally, like he does something, and all the other 29 teams are boo. Like, which it bothers me. Like you're booing the quietest guy in baseball. Like I get Correa, I get Bregman. Yeah. Like those guys talk. They have a little cockiness to them. Yeah. Jose Altuve doesn't talk. No. He's like the nicest, quietest guy in the world, and that's the guy that you're choosing to like <laughs> again, like go after Bregman. He can handle it. Go after Correa. Right. So it's going to be a weird pitching matchup. I thought for a moment like they'd see Kershaw and maybe Framber would would pitch Sunday, but it didn't work out that way. You're seeing who's it? France. Who are we seeing this week? France, Ronell, and, and Hunter. Uh, Hunter Brown. Yeah. Okay, he'll get Sunday. So. They'll save uh, uh, Valdez and Javier and whoever else uh, for, I guess, St. Louis. St. Louis series. series. But, uh, Which you should be able big, to win. Man, this is a big road trip. You've got the Dodgers. Uh, that should be a series win. St. Louis should be a series win. And then they go to Arlington. That's going to be really big against the Rangers. You've got to take care of business. You don't, you don't want to, to, to lengthen 
that deficit on this road trip. You, if they play poorly, they come back buried in the AL West. Yeah, I mean, the Rangers keep winning. They went four and five on this homestand, and you know, I'm sort of willing to. I'm, I'm willing to forget five and four because you got two out of three against the Mets, which is kind of the expected outcome. You got yeah. two out of three against the Nationals, which you probably could have swept them, but two out of three is fine. And you get swept by the Reds, who are the hottest team in baseball, right? Like, so the Reds have won. As of the, unless they played Thursday night, uh, that winning streak was 11. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, they're red hot right now. Paid attention to the Reds today because it's draft day. Let's see if they. Uh, they're leading their division, too. That's on fire. They but. didn't play. So, yeah, the Reds are on a, the hottest streak in baseball right now, Long and they're streak. exciting. Yep. But, like, you could have won one of those games against the Cincinnati Reds. Like, you have more talent right. than the Reds, even if they're hot. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, it's it's not helping. The Dodgers have been – it's the Dodgers, the Yankees, and the, the Astros are three teams ever – and the Padres and the Mets. Those five teams are teams everyone thought was going to be good, and then notwithstanding the Cardinals, who everyone thought was going to be good and right. horrible, right. have been disappointing. But, like, the Yankees, Dodgers, and Astros are all still, like, pretty good, but they're not as good as they probably should be. And so this is a good matchup to see, like, mm-hmm. are the Dodgers for real? Are the Astros for real? Are these teams kind of disappointing like they have been? Yeah, Astros uh, right now, the think of the wild card race. they got to close the gap a little bit in the AL West. Got about 45 seconds to a minute here. Uh, one, one guy's getting a lot of attention after this past homestand. Really, the last 10 days has been Yiner Diaz. In the month of June, entering the series in L.A., five home runs, like 15 RBIs, I believe, and hitting 330-something. You got to keep this guy, Dusty Baker. Message to Dusty: Leave the guy somewhere in the lineup. Yeah, he's swinging a bat, man. He can play first. He should play first. He can DH. He should DH. You do need to work him in at catcher because Martin Maldonado. I know Dusty loves Maldonado. I like Maldonado. His contract's up at the end of this year. Yeah, he'll be gone at some point. Yiner Diaz needs to catch Framber Valdez. He has yet to do so. You got to try it at some point and and get him ready because he is your starting catcher next year. Yep. Corey Lee is potentially trade bait. Cesar is a Salazar is a backup. Luke Berryhill is profiles as a backup. Yiner Diaz is your guy. Let's get him ready. All right, Astros Dodgers open it up tonight through the weekend. On to St. Louis. On to Arlington to take on the first place Texas Rangers. Well, that's going to put a wrap on this week's edition of Houston Sports Weekly, segment one, all NBA talk with the Rockets. So those guys will be introduced on Monday. And then congrats again to Jairus Walker, Marcus Sasser, University of Houston, both going in round number one as well. So we're going to wrap it up uh, right now. Thanks again for listening and watching Houston Sports Weekly every Friday. Check it out on KPRC2 Plus and click2houston.com. For Ari Alexander, I'm Randy McAvoy. So long for now. We'll talk to you again next week.